Hello, my name is Kevin Fox and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of the Future Healthcare Journal. This podcast is to accompany the March edition of our journal. The most obvious feature of this issue is its sheer size. This is a response to the volume and quality of the submissions we've had in the last few months. I'm grateful to all the authors who have submitted papers and apologise to those whose papers we were unable to accept. Many of you will receive a paper version of this issue through the post in the coming days, but a significant part of the publications are only accessible online. We know that increasingly you are accessing the journal via the web and sharing through social media as well as being concerned about the environmental impact of the paper edition. The theme of this issue is inequality and prevention. We believe these are inextricably linked. Dr Moshin Chowdhury, one of the members of our editorial board, has guest edited this issue, but it has only been possible through the support and hard work of many others. Inequality has long been a blight on our society and has been highlighted through the events of the last year, impacting on illness susceptibility severity and access to health care. We also know that those with less resources and opportunities poorly access preventive services, which simply perpetuates the cycle of poorer health care and health care outcomes. We are honoured and delighted to have a commentary from HRH the Prince of Wales highlighting the challenges we face if we are to produce better health care for our society. Ten other articles cover the breadth and depth of the issues around the inequality and prevention agenda and provide important and even provocative reading. It's hard to pick out just one or two, but I would highlight Michael Dixon's paper on social prescribing. I sense this remains a difficult concept for many of us, but his paper is compelling. Obesity strategy and nutrition, inequality faced by different ethnic groups but also by less recognised groups such as mothers, are addressed in different articles. In addition, there is a very challenging paper looking at the adverse impact of changes in Home Office regulations for eligibility for NHS care by a campaigning group called Patients Not Passports. I believe these articles are compelling, if not mandatory reading. Apart from the themed articles, there are over 30 papers covering the complete spectrum of issues around our future healthcare. Many of the papers cover issues that arose through the pandemic. Several themes are apparent. First, it is clear that the health service responded quickly and effectively to the challenges, and this was in large part to individual hard work, combined with organisational change at a speed previously unheard of in the NHS. We have papers looking at the response of palliative care, ophthalmology, urology, rheumatology, oncology and respiratory medicine. By understanding how all these services remodelled, one gets an appreciation of what worked well and equally what worked less well. Ambulatory services particularly had to adapt with transition to remote video and telephone consultations. And while our reports suggest that this was mostly successful 
and accepted by patients, I do think we should be very careful before we consign the physical face-to-face consultation to an occasional role. It will be interesting to see how the future produces a new balance between these different forms of doctor-patient interaction. Another theme is education, which also swiftly adapted to largely online activities. Education had to continue around the traditional curriculum, but also educate and rapidly update clinicians on the care of patients with COVID-19. The speed with which research was undertaken was matched by the speed with which the results were disseminated to the frontline teams. As usual, we also include several quality improvement projects. As usual, we also include several quality improvement projects. For example, the use of a scoring system to facilitate early discharge of COPD patients by Dr. Nadim et al. But the main change is a proposed format for submissions of quality improvement projects developed by John Dean and Chris Subber, two of our editorial board members with a particular interest in quality improvement work. We want to encourage quality improvement projects, both for the information they directly provide and also because we feel they act as a stimulus to others to undertake such work, who hopefully then seek to publish in the FHJ. Inevitably, with such a large issue, you will dip in and out of the journal. Do spread your thoughts through conversations, emails and via social media. Please join us for our Twitter debates, where we will explore some of the issues raised in more depth with the authors and commentators interacting. I think this issue of the Future Healthcare Journal provides a compelling and vibrant read. I do hope you enjoy it.